Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Smash Pop. Welcome to SmashPod, a podcast celebrating all the Bond films by those who enjoy, hate, or, you know, just aren't asked about them. Hosted by me, John Rain. It's side special time again, and this week we'll be climbing on board the creepy sex dungeon on wheels that is on the buses from 1971. Yeah, there'll be fun, frolics, soul-searching, and maybe even an inquiry in 40 years or so. Joining me to try and escape the limpet-like clutches of the resident bus sex offenders is the brilliant comedy writer Graham Linehan. Yeah, who can be found on Twitter as at Glinner. Hello, Graham. Hey, how, how's it going, John? Good, how are you? Very good, yes. So, on the buses, then? Apart from having seen on the buses. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, we'll get to that. How do you feel about it? Well, you know, I was I was curious because it was one of those weird blind spots for me in that I don't think I've ever seen a full episode of On the Buses. And the ones I have seen, you know, it doesn't... It doesn't <laughs> Really, well, it's not, aimed, it's not aimed at me, you know. It's an interesting area because it's like, I think it, I mean, I'll get on to this, but there's like three, in this film, there's three locations, Yeah, it seems yeah. to me. Yeah. Three, three locations. And presumably that's also true of the sitcom. Yeah, I think so. It ran for seven seasons. Yeah. Seven seasons. So people must have loved it. And I did hear from um, my wife's mum and dad that the TV show, you know, is, is kind of likeable and, and okay. You even got a spin-off. Did it? Yeah. You're kidding. I'm was not. That? Blakey went to go and live in Spain, and it was called really? Don't Drink the Water. Oh, that's a huge... That's that's a big mistake, isn't it, when yeah. you take a character like that and spend too much time on them? But, it's almost um, like he'd be a fish out of water. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine the things he'd Can get you? up to? But um, but the thing about it is, you look at it, and it's it's these two guys who, who kind of cheerfully say at the start of the film that they can't be fired, yes. <laughs> even though they're shy. They can't, yeah. no, they can, you know, and, and the job isn't any, it's just driving around, just driving around, taking fares. And, and, it, and yet these two guys, they're kind of winning. They're winning, and they're winning hard in the, in the Donald Trump sense, mm-hmm. in that they, they get to kind of go, whoa, right, at, at every woman who comes on. And Blakey is a cuck. Blakey is a cuck, <laughs> who, they, who, they are, uh, who they just find endlessly amusing. And, and, they, and they just kind of win. And I guess I can understand why, why uh, if you're starved to, to be even spoken about, yeah. you know, as, as working-class people, uh, probably were around the time anything looks good you know and on the buses is, is this kind of thing of you know here's 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 a reflection of of a vision of working class life that's completely fake but it's 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 something at least yeah is it aspirational though <laughs> god that's an interesting question it probably of... is because they get it's it's that it's that view of I mean, they've done the most amazing thing, <laughs> which is they've kind of they've kind of turned bus drivers into guys who get a lot of sex. Yeah, <laughs> because they 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 get off at stops. Literally, <laughs> they get off at yeah they, yeah they get off at stops and they go across the road and have sex with someone, and it's all you mind the bus. <laughs> and it's like wait what? I yeah, know window cleaners. I get it, you know. Yeah, gardeners. I get it. <laughs> 
you know. Bus drivers, bus drivers aren't having a lot of sex or really? their conductors, you know. No, I don't think so. I think that might be. So in that sense, it's possibly aspirational, you know. I think it is. I think it's saying that any any line of work you want to do, you can get laid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Particularly with lax, you know, like... How you treat other people, and it's very, it's very. The sex in it is so uh, odd because it's everything is about sex. Everything. Well, my theory is, is but that they they all have sex fully clothed. Yeah, no one knows how to have sex in this, and they're like fifty. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And they're like, they, how old is Reg Varney? Fifty six. Well, I've written this down actually. Reg Varney in this film is fifty five. That's <laughs> <laughs> six years older than me. And Bob Grant is thirty nine. <laughs> But he looks is older he? than fifty-five. Oh my god! My favourite bit of uh, of Bob. Bob is the conductor. Isn't Jack, he? yeah, yeah, Jack. There's a brilliant bit because, like, at the start of the film, we'll go, I know we'll go through the film, yeah, but, yeah, but yeah. this is my, one of my favourite moments. <laughs> They're doing the credit credit sequence, mm-hmm. and each member of the cast gets their name up, and they've obviously been told pause mm-hmm. so people have time to read your name, <laughs> right? Yeah. And it's like, well, people must have read pretty slowly at that time because <laughs> everyone just kind of waits for ages. Mm. And then Jack, Jack lets a dolly bird onto the, onto the bus yep. and she goes up the stairs and he sees her underpants, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And, and then he freezes for that, for that thing where the, where the name comes up. Mm-hmm. And, and then he just looks like he's, it just looks, he thinks about it for so long that it just looks like the best thing that's ever happened to him. <laughs> I think it is. Well, until he goes to see that lady, I think it is the best thing that's ever happened to him. Yeah, yeah. He saw some pants. Yeah, he saw some pants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, it just, and then he drifts off and his name comes up. <laughs> It's I think he's actually just coming. Yeah. I think that's what's happening. I don't think they had to actually ask him to pause. Yeah, yeah, He probably yeah. what inspired it. He just sort of ejaculated and he went, that's a good idea. So, yeah, the, the film starts with them um, literally driving past a load of people wanting to get on the bus so he can pick up his family. Pick up the cast, yeah. Yeah, it's not very nice. No, it's not. He picks up and they're all running. and It's, it's kind of like a... I guess, I guess the, 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 the whole opening sequence is a, why are jobs brilliant? Hmm. And it's, we get to pick up the members of our awful family and no one else yeah. and then drive somewhere, give them, <laughs> here's another thing, here's three tickets, you know, uh, they, 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 they fell off, you know, they'll only get a waste or something like that. So that's like the second benefit to driving a bus is you yeah. get to give three tickets to your brother-in-law mm-hmm. and then, and then he has sex, so that's it. That's the list of things why it's great to... to and you get to drive a puddle over Blakey as well. That's right! Blakey, yeah. on a beautiful sunny day, Blakey stands beside the only puddle in, <laughs> in, in, in the show. <laughs> yeah. You'll notice I, I do this a lot, but that scene would have been funnier because the reason Stan drives into the puddle is because he's looking at a young lady bending over a car. Is he? Yeah. Oh, I missed her. Yeah, he's okay. looking at her and going, right. and then doesn't see Blakey. And dr- That scene would have been funnier if he'd have killed Blakey. <laughs> and the film would have taken a different direction. It'd he tries like- to kill Blakey later on Oh, in many times, yeah. <laughs> but th- there's that Dental Washington film, uh, Flight, where he's drunk, or supposedly drunk, and lands the- crashes the plane and he gets in trouble. Mm. That whole This whole film would have been better if it was an investigation into how Stan murdered Blakey <laughs> with his bus. <laughs> and you'd have a whole court case about Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be a different film, but, and, and very possibly better yeah? yeah because this film seems to center around the high stakes of getting a washing machine yeah whether they'll have to send it back or not yeah. you know the stakes were high in those days the stakes were high stakes was high stakes is high uh, and then we get the lovely poster when they get back to the depot the poster says it's a grand life on the buses yes but g has been crossed out and so it's y a, has been added yeah so so it's, it's a, a randy it's life. a randy life on the buses yeah, yeah. no again it feels like they're stretching things like it is does seem to be a randy life on the buses and one of the first examples of this is a woman wearing a pink sweater with two ticket machines crossed over them yeah. that she's gotten all confused with mm-hmm. and 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 it just doesn't seem like the dress code it seems like she would put on a jacket first but but she just has a pink sweater on just so they can come over and have a lot of trouble with it and and there's a, there's a brilliant exchange where uh, i think blakey says she won't be she won't be able to see it past them no, 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 no. Reg says she won't be able to see it past them. And Blakey says, That's ridiculous. I can see it from here. He says, That's because you're looking down the crack in the middle. <laughs> so, so you're, you're laughing. Of, you're laughing. Well, that was, that was, that was, no, no. I'm laughing because that was the moment where I thought, Oh, how long is this film? <laughs> and, and, and I kind of, uh, that was something that kept happening was, it was like I would look at the clock. It was like the other day I had a, a kids' party and we had like 12 kids in the um, 
person in the room and I had to think of things for them to do. Oh, and I looked at the clock and it was like half past, you know. And yeah. I said, okay, we'll do this. And I brought them out and I got them onto a, a, a bouncy castle and we, we, we ran across it and played this game, you know. And then I looked at the clock and it was like, Five minutes had passed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was, oh my god! That's what it was like watching on the buses. Yeah. There's just this feeling of, of time, just stopping because it's so hard. I mean, it's really hard to watch. Not only because the jokes are are terrible throughout, mm-hmm. but also because it it it's such a grim view of life. There's very little joy in it. It's it's all like Olive, the sister. You know, there's a bit where every most of the film is them going, wow, right? It's mm-hmm. that kind of, wow, like yeah. that. It's yeah. like they all think they're Sid James. And every time I saw them walking off the shot, laughing like that, I just had a mental picture of the actors just leaving the frame and just immediately just going quiet and still. Yeah. And just thinking, do we have to do it again? Okay, let's do it well, again. Well, I imagine Bob Grant definitely did. Yeah, I, know, no I think joy he hated it. playing this part. Oh, I bet. Yeah. There's he was nothing. a serious actor. Was he? Yeah. Nothing in it. There's nothing in it. There's nothing to do. There's just a bunch of, you know... And, and even even at that time, there's something kind of... Unple- well, maybe, maybe at that time it, it seemed more innocent, but... You know, one guy goes on the inside, another guy goes on the outside of a woman, and the guy on the outside of the woman falls on her, so she, you know, rubs up against the other guy. It's like a, it's it's pretty aggressive and unpleasant, you know. Yeah, and there's a scene at the beginning, like you were talking with the ticket machine, where Blakey literally stands there for a minute watching them. Mm. And it's almost like, is he going to start wanking? <laughs> is he going to start what? Wanking. Uh. But this goes back to when, when they go and see um, this woman that Jack's secured at this house who puts out pants on a line as a message for it because again his obsession with pants mm. carries on um, but this again makes me think that Jack doesn't know what sex is yeah I know they, they, they have this very odd fully clothed sex in fact Jack does this brilliant thing in the first scene where he kind of seems to have somehow finished yeah and he, they're both fully dressed, fully and, dressed and he just lies on the bed and he goes oh like that. I thought, well, why, what exactly happened? And yeah. then he goes, and then she goes, well, we've got five minutes. We can do nothing again, you know? Yeah. It's extraordinary. But that's also, that scene is cut between um, Stan eating his lunch, and this is horrible, as yeah. he bites into an orange. And oh, yeah, that's right. And it turns into a Tim and Eric sketch for a second. Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> All these really wet noises. But also, you get to see close-up of um, Jack's teeth, which... I know, all their teeth are terrible. And I wonder, you know, I often wonder about that thing about teeth in British like that uh, what's his name Mike Myers character Austin Powers Austin Powers used to have you know and I wonder I often wonder where that comes from and and this would be a it really looks like they I mean it couldn't be a choice could it not to brush their teeth for the show I don't think so they just look I mean really there's there's things in there mm-hmm. you know there's there's they haven't it's like a makeup lady watched it and thought yeah it's fine <laughs> it's like who's the makeup lady I'd love to see the makeup lady for that film you know it's the only culture in it yes <laughs> <laughs> but Jack's character is an interesting one because he's essentially like you know Jay from the Inbetweeners uh, he comes up with yes. all these you know I was with this girl she was really horny and all this sort of thing he's actually living that life mm. but he doesn't know how to do it yeah, I know, I know. He's got his. I don't know. He's he's he takes a lot of joy in just in in just being with these ladies. Mm, yeah, <laughs> maybe he's more more progressive than we thought. I think, so. I think maybe they just talk. <laughs> but uh, so then you know, then it goes into the you know the what would you call it the plot? Yeah, about, <laughs> about the washing machine. Yeah, which is, it seems to be about whether or not they're going to send the washing machine back. Because Stan's getting all this overtime because there's no drivers. Yes. And then Blakey comes up with the amazing idea of getting women, yes, women to drive buses. Yeah, yeah, Which means yeah. there won't be as much overtime. So that washing machine, it might have to go back. Yeah. That, now imagine putting that in the listings and saying, imagine pitching it. Yeah. This is what it's, uh, getting into a, a, a studio. Okay. Okay. Picture this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember once, um, you know, on Sky, you like go in and it gives you the info of what the film's about. Mm. Mutiny on the Buses was on once, the second film to this, and it literally said, Stan teaches his brother how to drive. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, imagine following the washing machine with that. <laughs> right, remember the washing machine, right? This time, he teaches his brother Yeah, we love the washing machine. What have you got? What have you got next? He's going to teach his brother how to drive. <laughs> Done. Go, go. <laughs> One million. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Go. Here's ten thousand pounds. Make it. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a week. <laughs> oh dear. 
Yeah, so you get the whole women drivers thing going on, which felt watching it this week. If this that's week, when I started to get really sad. Yeah, because, because it reminds me of the whole Doctor Who thing that's going on at the moment, mm. which is everywhere about how women shouldn't be allowed to do things that men do. Yeah, but you know, I saw a good thing. I saw something good that someone said. There's a cliche about don't feed the trolls online, mm. and I think that's true. To, I, I I don't think that's true a lot of the time because. I think I think what what actually happens is a lot of people who are the subjects of harassment have to suffer in silence. I think it's good to point out who these people are and say, look at the kind of you know dirtbags that are out there. Mm. However, in the case of the in the case of the Doctor Who thing, someone made a very good point that that we're amplifying. Um, outliers, you know, is that how you pronounce outliers or is Out- outliers? Outliers. outliers? Yeah. I, I've never said it out loud, so I don't know. But um, we're amplifying only a small percentage of of, of nutbags, you mm. know, and and creating a controversy where there really isn't any. The vast majority of people were delighted about the female Doctor Who. Yeah. So you know, so so th- so this storyline when it came up. I, I just kind of got so bored by it even before it started because it's like presumably the carry on versions like the carry on with the women taxi drivers. Cabby, yeah. That was the first carry on film, wasn't it? I think. No, is that the second? I oh, think, was or it? Third? Well, that film covered all that stuff. Yes. And now here we have these not very inspired. I mean, not to say I, I was a particular fan of Carry On either. I really think, but at least in the Carry On version, the the females were empowered. Exactly, and actually... they they were funny and they had and you ha- you have some good kind like that woman who's got the kind of oh god, I hate to say this, but she's got a kind of witchy appearance. Uh, she may even have played a witch in something. You mean Pat Coombs? Pat Coombs is that her yeah. name? Yeah. Well, she she's like a great comic actress, you yes. know. And to see her kind of reduced to this is really yeah. sad. You it know, yeah, it, it is depressing and. Then and, and the jokes as well they're just oh here we go Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid yeah what, what does that mean how is that a joke but they've got their own canned laughter everywhere they go oh yeah that's it must right. be wonderful if you do a that's joke right. and the person you're with laughs yeah, a lot yeah they laugh at their own jokes Everything. all the time it's the only indicator that they've said something funny yeah is that they laugh after it there must yeah. be times where like a funeral Stan would turn to Jack and go it's a lovely funeral isn't it and then he starts laughing no not this time <laughs> no it's 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 very depressing but yeah you can do this storyline I think if you give the women something to do yeah absolutely other than just be like card- cardboard Beano characters that just show up the, to look angry and there's a problem as well which is which is because it's a, again a great case of having our cake and eat it one of my kind of constant battles is trying to get comedy writers to chuck out something because it doesn't add to the overall picture mm. you know and because they want to have the cake and eat it they have there's loads of women in the film at the start yeah. you know they're all walking around they're conductors they seem to be there for some reason they're changing mm. the they're changing the the numbers on the thing and then who turns up women <laughs> if it's women drivers though you can it's have women drivers because you can have it doesn't matter clippies. it's still just women in the same uniform we saw the earlier women you know so it just doesn't work on any level and it, and and it's 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 just depressing because it's like you see something like that and if it was a script you see scripts and they do those types of things they do those kind of mistakes and and you feel like you'd have to sit them down for so long and explain why you can't do it why it's not it's not good how long would you have to explain it do you think to these guys, you'd have to explain it forever, really. I mean, it's a, it's. I think they would just shrug and, and say. I mean, that's the thing. I, I I think you get you get comedy for working class people. It's a valuable thing, but but it doesn't have to be shit. Hmm. It doesn't have to be shit. Like you know, it can be boys in the black stuff. It doesn't have to be this. Hmm. This is like shit, and it's really like oh, that'll do them. You hmm. know, hmm. I, I hate that attitude. I've always hated yeah. that type of. I think people. People know what's funny, but I, but I think, I think, as I say, that aspect of winning is very important in this in this film. It's, yeah. it's like uh, uh, these guys are winners, even though their lives are terrible. Yeah. You know, their jobs are mindless. You know, mm. they're winners. You know, they get through every day just laughing their heads off, groping women, and having fully clothed sex. You know, and it's it's like I think that that for the audience was just. Seemingly enough. Did you say there was a sequel to this film? There's two more. Wow. So there's a trilogy. That's a much in the way everything is these days. A trilogy. That's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> trilogy is such an exalted word. I know. I know. It means it's been something epic now. Yeah. And it wasn't those days. You had this one and the next one, where they went to Windsor Safari Park. 
You're right, did uh, they? Okay. Yeah, and then the next one, they they went to work in a holiday park. Okay, yeah. There, so, there can't be. You can't have a British sitcom film where they don't go on holiday. <laughs> that's that's like the plot to every mm-hmm. like Likely Lads. I yeah, think, I believe. And uh, are you being served? Are you being served? Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know why they think. Let's, let's send them on holiday. It's like the place where you just kind of relax. <laughs> Fish out of water. <laughs> I guess. When I they go guess. to the foreigns. Yes, I see. You know, not, not many people used to go to the foreigns right, in the right, 70s. Right. So you go there and, of course, it's full of stupid dagos who can't talk English. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's funny. Yes, yes. I mean, the, the, like I said earlier, people, the people wear less clothes. That's yeah, another thing. But... That's it. You get nudist beaches. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you get... Rubbish food. That yep, sounds stupid. Right. Whoa, no, like, <laughs> here is your donkey ball, sir. <laughs> that sort of thing. Yeah. You're yeah. Laughing. See, you're laughing. Yeah. See, already. You keep saying I'm laughing. I'm not laughing at the film. <laughs> Do we ever attempt to do that with, like, you know, like the IT crowd go to Ibiza? No, I always, whenever I've thought about films and stuff to do with the IT crowd or anything like that, it's almost like I'd love to do a disguised version. Mm-hmm. I'd love to do a, a film where I had. Matt Berry being Denim, yeah, Roy being Roy and Moss being Moss, but but they're they're all doing something else. They're okay. like they're like you know spies or or fishermen or something, you know, just some some other setting where it's a kind of and it's the same co- style of comedy, but but everything's a bit off. It's kind of like I love the way Adventure Time does things like Fiona and Craig and or Rick and Rick and Morty. The way it'll it'll just reinvent itself in a different kind of reality that's kind of what i'd like to do almost yeah. like an alternate reality yeah where i decided to make it crowd a spy movie that's what i'd love to do you so know? they go to spain hotel's not finished <laughs> and they're all spies yeah, yeah yeah exactly exactly yeah that'll do yeah 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 i was going to talk about reg varney's hair in this actually because <clears> you see it in two forms right you oh. see it one where it's greased to the nth degree, like if he fell in, in the sea, yes, you'd get some sort of slick, yes, and seals would die. And then later on, when he's getting off with the girl in his living room, the hair's sort of down, and he's got this like, really long curtains. Oh, really? They almost go down to his chin. He looks sort of cavalierish. Is that because she's been she's been running her hands through his hair? Because this is another form of seventies sex, yeah, which is just running hands through hair, which yeah. drives men wild. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, well, not over 40, surely, because you'd worry about it coming out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's 55. He's confident. God almighty. I still can't get over the fact he's 55. I know. It's, it's so amazing, funny. isn't it? Like, you know, I, I, you, you know, when you get older, you still look at girls and think, oh, she's nice or whatever, you mm-hmm. know. But you occasionally do that and think, oh, what the fuck am I thinking? I'm 50, nearly, mm. you know. And mm-hmm. it's like, it's like, it seems like the most obscene and grotesque thing to to jump over that gap of, of years and uh, fancy women who are like in their 20s or 30s it seems gross and then this, they've made a whole film out of it with this guy who's visibly elderly the best, the best bit is in the third one which you'll never see mm. in the third one he is courting this young lady but her mum keeps getting in the way and her mum looks younger than him and it's really like are we are, ah, that old battle axe. yeah exactly are we denying that this is happening right now are we just going to pretend that he's not clearly older than her mum yeah yeah it's strange in fact that's something that I'd love I'd love to see I mean not an academic paper about it but I'd love to see something about it because there are some extraordinary examples there's a wonderful film with uh, Raquel Welch where she plays a roller derby girl, uh, Kansas City City bomber, and uh, it's got um, Kevin McCarthy in it, who was he's the he's the love interest, and he was he was a fairly you know advanced. He wasn't like old when he did Invasion of Body Snatchers, but you know he was he was reasonable age, mm-hmm. and now he's playing Raquel Welch's love interest in this film. And there was a time when these quite visibly elderly men, George uh, Scott, and people like that. And they would be going out with these women who were, you know, 30 years younger than them. You know? Isn't it still kind of happening? It's slightly? still kind Tom of... Tom Cruise is nearly 16. I know he doesn't get off with young girls anymore, but he still has them around. And Yeah, yeah. Does he not get off with them anymore? I don't think so. I'm not sure. I mean, he's had that Mission Impossible films where there's young women in it. I can't remember him That must be a sad snogging. moment when someone says, mm, don't think you should kiss her. Mm. <laughs> mm. You know? I thought, thought that was a edge of what tomorrow. I thought that that would have been good if it hadn't been about the love story. Yeah. I thought, I want to see how him becoming a better leader of this bunch of guys, a better commander yeah. than him falling in love with a, with a man with boobs. Yeah. Which is what the, the heroine was. Yeah. A bloke who, who, had, who had tits. Yeah. I just mean that in the sense that she has no feminine qualities. She's just 
you know, a big gun. Mm. So it's him having sex with a gun, or him falling in love with a gun, which isn't as exciting as... Better film, though, if he'd actually literally fallen in love with a gun. Maybe, yeah. I mean, like, it was something out of Alexi Sale, that is. I think that's the film, plot of Targets. Is yeah. it? Yeah, I think so. Hmm. <laughs> it just reminds me of Beverly Hills Cake. <laughs> a sketch. Selling a little? Or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Yes, yeah, so going back to Rejvani's hair, uh, it's, it's mm. quite quite amazing because, yeah, you get the scene where we get it up and we get it down. And then you get the kind of, the bit, well, you mentioned it earlier, where... Um, Jack and Stan, sort of front and back, this lady. Yeah, yeah, it's a grim moment. It just reminded me of the scene from Scum. <laughs> I don't remember the scene from Scum. Yeah, it's kind of aggressive and awful and sad. I think a lot about in between takes and how they were, they were probably apologetic. And Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah, well, well, the rumour is Rejvani was a very nice chap. Yes. Yeah, and of course he had the first bank ex- transfer out of the wall. Did he? He used the first cash point. He didn't. He did. It wasn't. I think it was fifty years this year. That's amazing. They had. There's literally a photo you can look up of him using a cash point, and they've got like a curtain where they've obviously drawn it. Say, "There's our cash point," and him putting a card in and giving a smile. Right, right, right. When he would have been what, (laughs) forty-eight. But I was. You know, Arthur. You mentioned him earlier. The brother-in-law. Yeah. I've written down here that he is Twitter. Because everything Stan says, he's basically like, fuck off, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's there at every moment to just, just pour cold water over everything. Yeah, and he also has that, he, he's got that thing with Olive. Mm. There's like a major staple in um, in British sitcoms of that era of, of women who want to have sex, but men who don't. Yeah. And and I noticed that there's a great unifier of pickled onions. in, mm. in uh, if you, I, I don't know if you remember... Um, George Mildred. Yep. But in George Mildred, uh, Mildred would go to bed wearing a pink uh, lingerie yeah. thing and she would just adjust it. And George would get into bed beside her and get a big jar of pickled onions. Mm-hmm. Like one you'd see in a shop. Yeah. And yeah. just put a fork in it and just start crunching them, you know, and the yeah. audience would go wild. But also Olive, who's, whose entire reason for existing is that she's ugly, mm. frankly, which, 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 sounds, which is cruel, actually, is to say it out loud. I don't like saying it out loud. But that's the way she's presented yeah, in, you, the film. Yeah, in the and, film. And she's eating pickled onions. Oh, you know, you get... You get, you, you get cravings. Um, you get cravings. My favourite bit in the film was when Arthur's lying, lying awake and she's asleep. And he goes, yeah. hey, hey. And he hits her three yeah. times. Wake yeah. up! Yeah. <laughs> it's like, who does that to their wife? Or if I did that to my wife, she... 
I can't tell you how bad my life would be. Yeah, same. <laughs> but then he gives that pep talk that would make anyone else commit suicide. <laughs> where he basically says, you should go and work in the kitchen. Yeah. It would be good. And then she said, oh, I'd probably be good at that. And then he basically says, well, you're not good at anything. I know, yeah, yeah. It's extraordinary, yeah. He must be pretty well hung, I'm imagining. <laughs> and yeah, well, she, with that. she always seems to kind of, she, she seems to want it um, very badly all the time from, from him, you know. But what's he, what's he getting out of it? Is it just a sense that he can put someone down all the time? Yeah, maybe there's just a, a pure domination type mm. of thing, you know? Like, she's married uh, a psychopath. Their house in this, it does look like 10 Rillington Place. Yeah, 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 it does. Yeah, 10 Rillington Place, it, yeah, it really does. It's, it's so funny. Well, especially when they're talking about the washing machine, you're thinking, look in the cupboard, look under the floorboards, there's got to be bodies there. How long do you think it took to film all the bits with them in that studio flat? I mean... There's like maybe ten scenes there. I'd say they did it in about a week. Yeah, maybe, maybe a little less even. Because you know you got one set. You just we'll shoot the scene where he comes home and says this, and they they get that and take it from two angles and mm-hmm. move on. It, I, it's it's a very. Um, I was I was more I was always more fat, more interested in in what was going on behind the scenes. It just seems to me like a jo- I don't know. I just can't get over it in terms of how joyless it was. It is pretty joyous for a comedy, and especially through sort of the joyless. Prison. I said, "That's why I said." Oh, I thought you said joyous. No, joyless. Oh my God, yes, Jesus, Christ. it is joyless, isn't it? It's yeah, there's kinda... nothing. There's nothing to soak any enjoyment out of. No, no, there's not. It's not even a. There's a slight. There's a, there, carry on films which I don't like. Mm. And I hate Morrissey for making them popular uh, and making them critically acclaimed. They're terrible, mm. and and everyone pretends they're good. But uh, even they had at least a kind of brightness and a and a cheerfulness, and and there was a there was a lovely a lovely musical um, uh, effect to them. The the music was, I think, very like Ealing films. Yeah. It, was, it was springy and bouncy, and, mm-hmm. and even if it wasn't funny, you at least were carried on along yeah. on on all this kind of accumulated goodwill. Uh, you know, and you had people like Kenneth Williams, who are obviously really interesting actors. And uh, but this just doesn't have any of that. It ha- it just has a kind of low growling malevolence about life. It it does not seem that the people who made it. I, it, it doesn't to me. It doesn't seem a lot of the time that they like working class people. Mm. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like it really is. Working class people are just awful. That's mm. what on the buses the film seems to me to be saying. Yeah, you know they're just awful. Look at them. Look at their little lives. You know, and it's really unpleasant and sad. And I I felt very uncomfortable watching it. I thought this isn't this isn't right. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, this isn't right. You know? Yeah, I must admit, I, I, watching it the other day, I felt that way. I mean, this, these films, I must confess now that I used to watch them a lot when I was a little kid. Oh yeah, because they were cartoony, mm. and I didn't know what life was then, <laughs> and I had a certain affection for them as I grew up. Mm. But watching them as a forty-year-old man, yeah, you do get that kind of oh god, yeah. you know, there's things going on here under the surface that are really quite mm, mm. uncomfortable. I mean, it's an interesting thing about Twitter and being online. Mm. I saw, there was, you know, I've seen this said by a number of different people, of the idea that it used to be, uh, now it's all political correctness and, and this idea, and, mm. and, and the idea that, that somehow we've become a lot more scared of being funny and stuff like that. And, and the truth is that in the old days, it was a room full of people laughing with, in the case of On the Buses, half the people in the room feeling that they kind of had to laugh, mm. but not really finding it funny or not enjoying it. Mm. You know, And same with racist humour, same with all type of thing. What it's been is the kind of tyranny of the majority, mm. you know, which are white men who are saying to everyone else, this is funny, mm. you know? And Twitter has kind of put a dent in that view, and it's also made it a little bit difficult. You, you can widen it out and out and out to the point that it becomes, it does become quite difficult to make jokes about anything because we're because we're connected to everybody in the world. Yeah. There's always going to be individuals or, or smaller groups of individuals who don't like a certain thing, you know? And that's good in some ways and bad in other ways, but I think that if you're a good comedy writer you should be able to navigate those rocks. If you're complaining about those rocks, then you shouldn't be doing what you're doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? You should you should 
find another line of work because that's the job. The job is being funny despite all these obstacles. You so, know? so what would you have done with this particular film? With with on the buses? Yeah. Well, you know, it, we, 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 in a case like in a case like on the buses, in a case in in any film where you know you go back to the premise you, you you zoom out again and you think okay these two characters aren't funny <laughs> what could they be instead <laughs> uh, no you go you zoom even further out because you're like well don't set it on the buses because it's boring there's three locations i mean the three locations in on the buses seem to be a street yeah they're flat mm-hmm. and the depot yeah that's the three places where everything happens and it's like they really quickly run out of things that can happen in a depot. Yeah. One of the one of the most amazing bits is when the three women drivers grab Reg and they stick an air pump up his leg. Yeah. And they press it. Yeah. And it goes on and on and on. And I eventually started laughing because because of the sheer relentlessness of it. And also just thinking, what exactly is happening to him? Mm. Where has it gone? Is it has it gone up his arse? <laughs> That's what they seem to be suggesting. <laughs> he goes cross-eyed. He can't seem to. He can't seem to just tell them to stop. <laughs> In a way, it would have been better if they had killed him <laughs> because they would justify having their jobs more. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. One less driver. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. But it was um, something like that. You know, once you've done that with the air pump thing, what else is there to do in a bus depot? Drive a bus over someone. That's it. Drive. Well, I suggested that. <laughs> but you know, it's kind of that's the thing. It's just. It's just. It still kind of blows me away that it was so successful. Seven seasons. Well, this is the, series. Sorry. Turned well, this brings American. me to why we're talking about this film as well. Successful, because the reason we are actually talking this in the sphere of a Bond podcast is that this outgrossed Diamonds Are Forever at the UK box office in 1971. Did it really? Yeah. Wow. It outgrossed a Bond film. Was Diamonds Are Forever a not particularly good Bond film? It wasn't. Great. I should explain that we're doing on the buses as well because I'm not a big Bond fan. So yeah. I'm, I don't really. I'm, I'm not practiced enough to talk about Bond hmm. we can touch upon it because well, obviously touch he's, upon it briefly. he's great he's, he's swung by into my lifetime a couple of times and I've tried to get into him but yeah it, it was, was it a particularly bad film? it bad wasn't Bond? great it was the one where Sean Connery got convinced to come back and do one more right and it wasn't a brilliant film but it wasn't it was better than this yeah I mean, by a mile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's um, outgrossed it. Outgrossed it. The, uh, the UK wow. box office, I should say, not worldwide. <laughs> <laughs> it made more money amazing. than the Avengers. Yes, yeah. So that's the reason it's in here. If people start thinking, why the fuck are you talking about this? That is why. So, yeah, so how? what would you do? Would you, perhaps, if there's nothing to do, you know, the location-wise, maybe they should go on holiday. <sighs> I'm, I, I'm exhausted now just thinking about... But you can see why they used to do that, though, can't you? Terrible film. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it, the problem is... On the Buses is a great example of... I, I often get people coming up to me and saying, oh, oh you should see some of the things that happen at my work, right? Mm-hmm. And you just kind of go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's like someone made that film. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because everyone thinks their work is hilarious because there's a couple of funny people or some things happen that are amusing or whatever. But you know, there's actually not enough there for a sitcom. Mm. And and on the buses is a film where there's not enough there for a sitcom or a film, mm. and, they, and they made it anyway. Mm. Made three of them. Made three of them. Seven seasons. Yeah. Series. Series. And it's just uh, it's just um, mind blowing to me, you know. A real testament to to the to the writers in a way that they were able to squeeze so much juice out of it, you know. Yeah. Because to me, that would just be a dried up elderly orange, mm. and I would be, I I could get maybe a couple of drips out of it, but nothing substantial. And when you're when you've got something like that, a premise that's that's got no juice in it, I, I just chuck it away immediately. I move on to something that's easier to write because it's hard to write comedy. Yeah. You know, even even if you've got a good premise, it's hard. So, you know, to, to start with a bad premise is, is, is... I don't know how they did it. Maybe you should bring it back. Christ. <laughs> Even thinking about it is really... Oh, it's bleak. It's just bleak to think about. I couldn't make it through the film. No. I'm revealing this now because, uh-huh. because I had that thing of the minutes passing. So every time I looked back at the timer thing, it was only a minute had passed. and <laughs> I, was, I was getting more and more frightened that I was going to be watching this film forever. And uh, eventually, I just couldn't take it. And, in, and 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 oddly enough, I turned it off at the at the most 
exciting moment, which is where they hired a stunt driver to drive buses around and skid them. Who was also in a bomb film. Was he? Yeah, they did a bus stunt in Live and Let Die, and this is the same guy that did it. Oh, I see. It's okay. the same stunt as well. Right, right, right. So and it's an interesting as well in that it's a Hammer film, this. Yeah. They did loads of comedies in the 70s. Did they? But they brought back old TV series. They did Please Sir, they did this. Right. It's like they bought all the properties. They Please did. Sir. I wish I'd picked Please Sir <laughs> instead of this. Please Sir is an extraordinary piece of work. These 30-year-old guys in the past. That's, that's another strange moment in life. Well, that's another one where they just go to a different place. Do they? Like, have you not seen the film? No, of course no. Oh, all right. <laughs> um, but yeah, they did I only the, watch things like this when I have to do podcasts. <laughs> they did a George and Mildred film as well. I bet they did, yeah. And Youth in fact, Joyce, I have a vague memory of it. Youth of Joyce died before it came out. No. Yeah. Oh, that's a shame. I quite like George and Mildred. I did. Yeah. That guy was a really good actor as well, wasn't he? Who, Brian Murphy? Yeah, he worked with... Um, Oh, she did Oh Look What a Lovely War. I can't remember her name. I can't remember her name. But I think she he was like a proper experimental actor, you know, and did some really interesting things with her. And know. Nicholas Bondome was in George and Mildred, of course. Who's and Nicholas Bondome? He's the legendary child actor who played Tristan Fourmile. Who's Tristan Fourmile? You know in George and Mildred's Next Door Neighbours? Oh, him! The little kid. The little yeah. kid with the glasses, yeah. Joe Knighty. Yeah. Yeah, right, OK. Nicholas Bondome. Oh, OK. Okay. The greatest child actor that's ever lived. <laughs> that's him. But yeah, on the buses, the film particularly, I was just thinking that on, on the way here I thought this, it's the nudge-nudge sketch as a film. Because mm. it's a lot of innuendo, mm. and then when it comes down to it, they don't know what they're doing. And the guy looks a bit like Eric Idle. He does a bit. Jack. The, this film ends with, our spoiler alert, with the women getting kicked out because they've sabotaged their work so much the they all lose their jobs. The drivers. The women drivers, yeah. Right, but the dolly birds are still there. The dolly birds are still there. But there's a sting in the tail that Jack and Stan come into work the next day and they've all been made inspectors. So now they're their boss. Brilliant, brilliant. I love it. So it's a bit like the Empire Strikes Back and then Return of the Jedi (laughs) at the same time. Uh, Um, But yeah, nothing actually happens in the film. Like nothing, there's no character arcs, nothing. No one learns anything. In fact... They say that a film should be the most important thing that's ever happened in someone's life. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, this isn't. It's like someone stuck a camcorder in someone's window and just left it there for an hour and then watched it. But yeah, the, 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 the thing about the character development is that Jack and Stan, they're best mates at the beginning and they fall out. I don't know if you saw the bit with the Irish lady that he was snogging. Yes, I did. Oh, no, not the Irish lady, the driver he was snogging and Jack and all the union people came round and said, you can't kiss her, she's a driver. Oh my God. If you don't get her out of your what, house, was there one sexy driver later on? Yeah, right. Okay. And they say if you can't, if you don't get her out, we're going. Oh, to beat I've you. changed my mind about this. Yeah, so he kicks her out, and then uh, she becomes a clippy, so she's fair game. Right. right? What, sorry, what's a clippy? Oh, the well, like Jack. They clip oh, yeah, the tickets. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Sorry, I'm talking bus language to you. <laughs> and then um, Jack goes there at the end. I mean, Jack goes to go and see her on a date, and when he gets there, sorry, Stan goes there. I keep getting the names mixed up. Yeah. Jack's already there, copping off with her. Right. So he fucks him over, left, right, and centre. So who are we supposed to be? Yeah. You know. And then again, Stan. Stan is the only person in this whole film who doesn't have sex with anybody. Does he? Not? No, he doesn't get lucky with anybody. <laughs> he's, he's with the Irish lady and has to leave because Olive comes in looking for a knitting, and she becomes all, all bigora. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Which I, you know, I'm sure you related to with the. Oh, yes, very yeah. much so. Yeah. Much so. Tis the devil you are. That's it, yeah. Tis the devil you are, yeah. yeah. That was my, that was for a while there, that was my, uh, that's, that's what people wanted me to do uh, in terms of film script editing. Really? Yeah, was to get, like, you know, was they, uh, they, I would get a call saying, oh, there's a film and they want you to be script, wondering if you'd be script editor. I go, oh, great, what's it called? It's called The Mountains of Mine, <laughs> or, you know, or, or, or. Leprechaun? Darby's. <laughs> The donkey derby <laughs> attack, you know, and uh, and and the jobs were to, was to change lines like "tis a lonely wash that doesn't have a man's shirt in it," <laughs> you know, and they want those lines, you know, they're the lines they told me not to change. Oh my god, you know. <laughs> and did you do any of them? I did one. Oh, I I, I stupidly put my name on it because. Janine Garofalo was in it, who I really love. Oh, right. And everyone was saying, no, do this. It's, it's good to get a credit. So my two flipping credits, you know, or my one credit in films is this film called The Matchmaker. Oh, my goodness, really? You know, yeah, which I haven't seen. I watched it uh, as far as the opening credits, and my name comes up over a shot of some sheep. <laughs> so I thought, not watching this. Not watching a second more of this. <laughs> this is everything I hate. Oh, yeah. no. So it was proper old, there's more to Ireland than this. It was a little bit, yeah. yeah. I remember there was a fun, funny thing that happened. There was a character in it called uh, 
who was the, t- the titular matchmaker. Uh-huh. And I said, I said, just just do me one favor, one favor. Don't cast Milo O'Shea as the matchmaker. You know, <laughs> there was a long silence from the other end of the room. <laughs> no, we, we've we've already cast. Him. <laughs> Oh no! Because <laughs> I knew if you cast, I knew if you cast, it would be Twinkle O'Clock for mm-hmm. the whole film, you know, and that's what it was. Like Darby O'Gill, Got, like Darby O'Gill, yeah, but yeah. not as bad as Darby O'Gill, but but, but still pretty bad. Um, so yeah, there we go. We reached the end of on the buses. Yeah, because... I mean, halfway through for me, I couldn't do it. I just physically couldn't do it. There was a moment where I just thought. It was, it was like the time was telescoping within seconds. So the, hmm. each second lasted longer and longer and longer. And, and I, just couldn't, I just couldn't make it. I got, I got halfway through I, and I thought, you know what? It, it's, I've seen so many amazing things that it'll be enough to, to talk about, you know. So. Well, another thing you missed, though, is that Olive gets pregnant. No, no, I didn't. I, oh, you, I you started saw getting pregnant, yeah. Oh, right. Eating the pickled onions like my wife oh, Of course to. you mentioned that, yeah. She has the baby at the end and it's... Uh... So that's interesting. So she has she has a baby. So presumably, then that's canon. Well, yeah, because he's in the next two. Yeah. Okay. Little he, Arthur. But is he is he not in the TV series? Or was the TV was the films made after the TV series? I think they were made after the TV series. Were they? Yeah. Oh, okay. So God, how long was that? The film would have been made nineteen seventy one. Seventy one. So the TV series started in around you know what? I don't know because I, I didn't really watch any of the TV series. I know, I but, but just using map, map powers, hmm. if if it was made in seventy one, it ran for seven seasons. It was made after the end of it. Yeah. Then it must have started around nineteen sixty sixty three sixty four. I'm going to have a look now through the. Oh no, sixty nine to seventy three, and there were seven seasons. Yeah. In four years. <laughs> How's that possible? That is mind blowing. Do you know what that really does show? That it, they were just they could not have rewritten episodes. They couldn't have rewritten. It. They must have just filmed first drafts. Or they were like prolific. No, I bet you they filmed first drafts. Mm. I bet you they wrote it. Thought that's fine. Next, because why would you? Why would you? If if, if a joke like oh here they are, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, if that can make it through. Then then why? When would you, what would you rewrite? What was the first version of that joke? Yeah, Butch Sassidy. And the bum dance kid. Eh, let's just call them Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Okay. That's the extent of the rewriting. Because you can't imagine anything else. Because there's no joke worse than Butch Cassidy and the Sundance It's kid. a meta joke, though, isn't it? Is it? The film hadn't long come out then. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. Oh, I see. So just saying it is funny. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's like, kind of like Family Guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the whole... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Family Guy is built on that, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like that time we dot, dot, dot. <laughs> yeah. They have, the, they have the baby, and the joke with the baby is, and this is more thing, is that the baby is a giant baby. Okay. Uh, <laughs> meaning that Olive is this giant monster who produces <laughs> giant babies. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and Arthur sits on a nappy. <laughs> and that's basically the end. You know what? <laughs> I should have kept watching. You should have done. I should have kept watching because that and is the funnier end, than anything. Nick Fury appears <laughs> and recruits them <laughs> for the Avengers Initiative. That's great. Yeah. Um, so at this point of the podcast, I usually ask some sort of quickfire questions. Yes, I'm going to do my best, even though I I don't know about about James Bond that that much, but I'll do my so best. So we'll we'll have it like Mastermind when you don't know or don't want to answer, just say pass. Okay. Who is the best Bond, and what is the best Bond film? I think possibly the best Bond is Sean Connery just because he's such a likeable actor but I wouldn't know the best Bond film uh, I'm not a huge fan uh, of any of them really Fair enough Who is the oh, I'll, I'll skip the last bit Who is the worst Bond? The worst Bond Who's the worst Bond? Well I always found that Lazenby I know it's a cliche but the Lazenby Lazenby one I remember as a kid even just thinking well this is really boring hmm. so Lazenby Okay and who would you have as Bond next? Who would I have as Bond next? Uh, Idris Elba. Excellent, okay. So Bond is full of stupid names like Money Penny, Small Bone and Goodhead. Can you think of a funny Bond lady name? Fart water. <laughs> There's water here. So. Fart water, I like it, that's good. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> and can you give me a, a good Bond film title that you've just made up? Don't mess with... <laughs> <laughs> Don't mess with my plugs. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just going by things I'm seeing in okay, the room. Okay. Don't mess with my fan. Rotor fan. Rotor fan's good. Rotor fan. I yeah. like rotor fan. <laughs> and a hypothetical fist fight takes place between Simon Templar the Saint and James Bond 007. Who wins? 
I don't. I don't. I never watch the Saints, so I would say Bond because oh. Bond seems all right. Seems handy. Uh, and finally, <laughs> you're stranded on an island with Sean Connery, George Lazenby, Roger Moore, Timothy Dalton, Pierce Brosnan, and Daniel Craig. Who do you elect as leader to devise your rescue attempt? And if it fails, who do you eat? Who would I elect as leader? Moore. He's officer class. Mm-hmm. Um, and who do we eat first? Oh, Lazenby because he's the worst Bond. Fair enough. Yeah, sorry, that's not very. That's not very good. <laughs> well, that's all right. I mean, would you turn to cannibalism? Do you think? No. Well, oh, well, who can say? That should who be a question say? on Des Island Discs, shouldn't it? There's an amazing documentary I saw once uh, of a, a Japanese guy who was in a platoon, who the platoon starved and and they ate human flesh because they had to because they mm-hmm. were starving. And this Japanese guy, after the war, hunted down all the people in his platoon. And this is a documentary that's following him around doing this. And he he's just. One guy, he kind of he kneels on him and slaps his face and tells him to apologise and tells him to, how could you do what you did and stuff? Because he just can't live with it, you know, and he, he's, he's damned if these guys are going to uh, live with it. It's, it's really worth seeking out. It's the most bizarre documentary I've ever seen. Do you know what it's called? I cannot remember. Me and, it's one of these things, Arthur and I lived together for four years when we were writing Father Ted, you know, mm-hmm. and we used to see these crazy things because days before internet days before multi-channels mm-hmm. so you'd watch four channels and whatever was on you'd watch it you mm-hmm. know so this documentary comes on channel four fucking blue mind-blowing thing you know and and eventually kind of funny as well just because it was so insane you know but yeah that was one of the that was one of the things we we witnessed <laughs> well graham Lillian, thank you so much for appearing i'm sorry i made you watch half of on the bus oh i'm so sorry i didn't watch it all no I don't just, don't I, I feel like i'd still be watching it now if i kept watching it yeah because i could only watch it like seconds at a time you should have what, killed two birds of one stone and put it on during that kid's party yeah 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 that would have, that would have solved a lot of problems thank you graham no worries smash pop Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode, and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.